Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. I feel like we all know someone who's freaked out about how weird it is that like the camera flashes and it's like three, two, one, and people are trying to quickly read the question and panicking and then like it just sounds like a horrible time. Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name's Emma. I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you guys all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. This week's Shoot Your Shot shout out goes to Jackie. Now, special soft spot for Jackie because this is our mum's name. So good on you. Good on you, Jackie. She said, I found your podcast a few weeks ago when I was prepping for my very first panel interview ever. Oh my gosh. Wow. And we just did an interview on panel interviews, didn't we? I wonder if she heard this before she went. Maybe she Googled panel interviews and that's how she found yeah. us. I love that. Jackie, let us know if that was the case. Yeah. And possibly first official interview. Wow. She's 38 years old. She moved a lot with her husband's job and then had children. So sounds like she might've been out of the workforce, not really interviewing much. Such an amazing help ladies. And thank you. I got the job. She saved the best part for last. Congratulations, Jackie. So proud of you, Jackie. Your very first panel interview. What if there was like four people? That's so nerve wracking. That's so overwhelming. Yeah. You did so well. Love that. If you want a little bit of help to be like Jackie, check out Sarah's one-on-one sessions. You can find out all about them at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash coaching. I had to think about that for a second. And if you liked one of our episodes, used a tip that we sent you or want to give us an idea for an episode on your situation or something that you struggle with, please slide into our DMs, send us an email, find us another way by Carrier Pigeon, and maybe we'll give you a shout out in our next episode. Boom. Let's get right into it because I am tired. We're going to be talking about pre-recorded interviews today. Now, I'm actually surprised we haven't done an episode on this because these are so common, especially in the pandemic. I feel like a lot of people I know have done them. I feel like we all know someone who's freaked out about how weird it is that like the camera flashes and it's like three, two, one, and people are trying to quickly read the question and panicking. And then like, it just sounds like a horrible time. I'd rather do it in person any day. So interesting you say that because I think most people agree they hate them. But I'm here in this episode going to try and reframe how you feel about them. To play devil's advocate. Absolutely. Because I've been on the other side and I've chosen to start doing recorded interviews as a recruiter. You evil woman. To bring them in to a company. And I'm going to talk about that. Well, 
Tell us, why do they use them? Good question. Let's imagine a couple of different scenarios. One might be you're recruiting for a role that requires someone to have a good kind of personality or phone manner or be able to build rapport with people. Maybe they're working in a store, maybe they're over the phone kind of customer service. Maybe it's like a reception, front facing type of role. It's pretty important that they have the right personality for whatever it is that you're looking at. They might need to be super professional. They might need to be really friendly. They might need to be very high energy. They might need to be really professional and demure and kind of understated because maybe they're working in a funeral parlor or something like that, right? Depends on the job. But maybe the personality and the way they present is really important. And it's really, really hard to see that from a CV. And you're trying to pick who you want to bring in just based on their experience. And sometimes their experience doesn't tell you what their personality is like. So someone that you might have ruled out if you see them on video, actually they're the right kind of person that you want to hire. So it helps you find those skills that you wouldn't otherwise see. The other reason you might use them is if you're getting tons and tons of applications for a role and you need to help screen people and work out. And it weeds them out because no one wants to do one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not a good thing about them. That's a bad thing about them is that people don't necessarily always do them. But if you need to call lots of people or you're managing lots of different jobs at the same time and you've got all these people to screen who've come through and you're managing like 15 different jobs, you don't have enough time to hit the phones and call those people to chat to them and have an initial feeling of whether they might be right for the job. You just don't have enough time. So what you can do is send out a link to them all to complete the video interview and then they can complete it when it works for them. You don't have to play phone tag back and forth with them trying to find a time and you can watch it later. And the best part is you don't have to write notes about it because you can just show that to the manager. Once you find one that you like, you show that same video to the manager. You can watch it back. You can share it with people and it also helps you not have to bring the person in you can kind of do this as an in-between stage instead of a face-to-face interview. We love that. So we know why they do them. Here's some tips about how to reframe how you think about them. Sarah, change my mind from how my opinion earlier. It's pretty normal in any interview process that after you apply, there's some kind of thing before you're just randomly invited to an interview. I know that happens sometimes as people just get from their resume, hey, come to an interview next Thursday. That's really weird. Normally you would have a chat over the phone first, at least to find out, you know, your salary or your notice or why you want the job or something like that. Either that or you would come straight in for an interview and have to do a face-to-face when you maybe don't even know anything about the role, right? Instead of having that happen, a random phone call or an interview straight off the bat where you don't know anything about the company or about the role or you haven't been able to do some research, you can complete it when you want to. You don't get a phone call when you're at Coles and you're like, oh, fuck, what was this job again? Who are these people? What did I apply for? I've forgotten. And it's really inconvenient, but you feel pressured to chat to them at the time. You can do it in your time. The other thing is you can reread the job description, have your resume handy and get comfortable in the right headspace before you actually complete it rather than having to do it during business hours. This is true. I guess it's like an open book exam. Yes, it is. You can have all your stuff there. They were the shit during uni. When you get a phone call, you haven't got your stuff ready. You haven't got your notes with you. Even with a live interview, you can't really have that same thing of when they ask you the question, quickly glancing at your notes, furiously writing and then looking up and going, okay, I'm ready. Yeah have to do the readiness the whole way through the interview, right? In this, you can prepare a little bit where you get that reading time. You don't have to take time off work. You can do it at midnight 
in the middle of the night if you need to. You can do it on the weekend. True. Yeah. Weird flex. You don't have to leave work early. It's not as awkward if you've currently got a job. You can read the question instead of hearing it. I kind of like that one because sometimes when you hear it, it's kind of confusing. Whereas if you read it, it's a little bit easier. Or you do that thing where you're looking at someone, but you don't hear a fucking thing they say. I do that at work all the time and I'm like, Sorry, what did you say? I was looking at you, but I wasn't listening. Exactly. And you can read instead of listening. You also don't have to commute anywhere to actually physically go in as well. I mean, that's a benefit of any kind of online interview. But yeah, I think those are some of the benefits, right? Like if you compare it to chatting to someone over the phone, getting a random phone call, it is objectively better. I guess. Yeah. It is weird. I get that. It's so weird. You're watching yourself. It's recorded. It's stuck that way if you say it that way, right? But there are a lot of benefits for you doing a recorded interview. So what are the main things that they're looking for? Yeah, good question. So normally they want to understand your reasons for applying, your overall kind of experience. So they're normally pretty broad, I would say. Obviously, there are exceptions. I don't know how every company out there is using them. Some of them might be asking really specific questions. But in general, it's what's your reason for applying? What do you know about this company? What's your overall kind of experience in this area? And most importantly, what I used to mostly look for is their energy and culture fit. Again, depends on what the role is looking for for that. Sometimes you might need to be quite a senior presence so that they can imagine you presenting to their senior clients. You know what I mean? When I had my job in promotions on the street fleet and my job was to be one of those crazy people that's like, come down to the park and get a free chalky milk. They made us do, it wasn't a pre-recorded interview thingy where it pops up, but it, you had to submit a video and they said like, you know, we want to see you energetic and the ad was all like fun loving and whatever. So basically they wanted you to show personality in their video. And my bosses have said that it's the best way to weed people out because you get to see who's a good fit, who does something crazy and great and out there for the video and who awkwardly talks in front of it or doesn't do it at all. So it makes sense why it's... um. When they're looking for energy and culture, this is the first point of reference. Exactly. And I think people always go, it's so hard for a CV because they can't meet me. You know, if they only met me, they would know that I'm right for this role. That's a true criticism, isn't it? Well, this is your opportunity. That's true. Right? true. They're not going to be judging you as much off your CV. They get to meet you. So bring in whatever it is about your personality that you think that they're going to like or that's right for the role. It's a huge advantage. The amount of people that I've hired because of their video that I would have ignored if it was just their CV is huge. You heard it here first. Huge. Like your CV can be whatever. If you do well on the video, normally they'll send the video out to more people than they would interview. Does that make sense? Like they don't necessarily send it to everyone, but they probably casting a pretty broad net. Maybe it's like half the people who applied or something like that. Hey, Job Hunters, big news. Our all new course, Interview Academy, is live and ready to transform your interview game. It's all the strategies from Sarah's one-on-one coaching, but without the limited time slots. Yep, it takes you step by step by step through crafting your career story, coming up with your awesome best bits and all the practice you need. And guess what? It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below. It's your opportunity to stand out beyond what your CV would 
like some people say discrimination because you're up on the video, we can see what you look like and stuff. Well, I think it's good for diversity of background. If you're a career changer or something like that, your resume doesn't make a lot of sense. I get to see you. I get to meet you. You seem the right fit on video. What are they not looking for? Not looking for perfection at all. I think people think it's a higher bar than a face-to-face interview because it's recorded and it's stuck like that. It needs to look like an ad or something like that where they look perfect and they've got makeup and hair and background, like a YouTuber with their perfect background and their hair and makeup all done. They are not looking for that. They also, it doesn't need to be a script. They're not looking for perfect answers at all. Depending on the way that they've set it up as well, that's kind of a guide on what they're looking for. If they don't give you time to prepare the questions, which most of them don't, they just kind of come up on the screen and you answer, they're not looking for you to have all this pre-prepared stuff ready to go, incredibly sculptured, structured answer. They're looking for you to just talk off the cuff. Don't overthink it. Just treat it as if they were actually there. What are the hot tips? Do it is my first hot tip. Step one, do the thing. Do the thing. So many people don't complete them. So many people don't complete them. I guess it's because it's a bit intimidating. It's something to do. You may not get around to it. I don't know why people don't do them. Maybe they're worried or scared of them or they think that they won't get a chance or that too many people will submit it. Nobody will even watch it. It's just so untrue. I watched every single one. I didn't necessarily read every CV, but I watched every video. And most people I know in the industry would say the same. So do it. Take the time. Once we do do it, then what should we do? The other part of that is do it quickly. I think this comes with this idea of being perfect. People go, if they get the invite on a Tuesday, they go, oh, I've got something on tonight. Just I'll I'll wait to the weekend because I want to do a whole day of prep first and then I'll do it. Okay, sure. If you get it on a Thursday or a Friday and you want to wait to the weekend, okay, fine. Try and get it done as quickly as you can. Go home that night and just say to yourself, I'm going to do 20 minutes of prep and then I'm going to record it. It doesn't need hours and hours. Yeah, doing it quickly is the best thing to get yourself seen. Rip the Band-Aid off. (laughs) Yeah, some people would complete it like two weeks after I'd sent it. I'm like, I've already started interviewing the people that sent it in a week ago. Get it in quickly. Definitely, definitely my big piece of advice. If you send it back like overnight and it's there for them the next day, amazing. That's like perfect situation. If you have to do it the next day, it's fine, but like try and do it ASAP. And also read the instructions carefully. This is funny because I feel like I'm the type that would rush in and then be like, oh, it's not what I thought you had to do. So figure out, will you have time to prepare when you're reading the questions? Does it give you a little window? Can you re-record if you don't like your answer? Does it give you a practice answer at the start? Is there a time limit? You know, logistics. We need to know logistics. Yeah. I did a coaching session with someone who was going to have to do one of these and we practiced some of the time limits and things like that. And he'd done a lot of research and he knew that when the question came up, he had a minute or like 30 seconds to prepare or read the question, which was great because we practiced. I asked questions and I set the timer for 30 seconds. He jotted some stuff down and then we started the timer for one minute of actually answering that question. So work out what the parameters are. Do you have a practice at the beginning? Do you get to see how it all works? Normally you do. They'll give you a practice question that's just to see if your microphone's working and stuff like that. So use that. Make sure you're getting comfortable. You can hear everything. The video is not funny. And if it's on your phone, don't hold it up, set it up. Get a little tripod. I have a little phone tripod. It was like $3 from Kmart. That's what you need. If not, pop it up on some books. 
That's exactly what I was going to say. Prop it up on some books. That's exactly what you need to do. You know what's a really great tip that we haven't, I don't think we've talked about on the podcast. Use your ironing board. Mm, I don't own one. (laughs) You don't own an ironing board? No. Most people own an ironing board. Most millennials don't. I don't iron shit. I I think most households have an ironing board. How How do you iron things? Anyway, the great thing about an ironing board is that it's height adjustable. So you can sit on the chair, sit your computer or your phone propped up in some books on the ironing board and you can lift it up so it's the right height for you and that way you can put it wherever you want in the house against a blank wall or something or in a quiet room. It doesn't have to be where your desk is or where your table is. The ironing board, amazing tip. Great tip. Domesticated and career-driven, the ironing board. (laughs) Great. Also, have a notebook handy. Of course you put this in here. You love a good notebook. Love it. It doesn't have to be a notebook. It can be a bit of paper. Get ready to jot things down. It could be a napkin. It doesn't really have to be a notebook in this situation. They can't see it. Anyway, have something to write it down. Jot things down in your question time and then go ham. Yeah. You want to have something to jot things down on. When you see the question, maybe you even just want to write down the title of the example you want to use so that you don't get lost. Like I could write down newsletter because I want to tell the story about how I once wrote a company newsletter. Something like that you can just jot down and have it there to refer to. Or you can write results in capital letters because you want to make sure like in last week's episode that you make sure you give a result at the end of your example. And if you do have the option to re-record, use it if you need to, but don't be obsessive and record every single one because you made a slight stumble, you know. Don't make it take forever. If you say um or you get a bit lost in the sentence, like it doesn't matter. Because you would say that in person and you can't take it back and they don't expect you to speak perfectly scripted. I'll tell you a funny story, Em. I once had a video interview. We used to do them as default for like pretty much all positions that would be customer facing or client facing at all because we wanted to see what their communication skills were like really and this girl was going for I think it was like a marketing coordinator job and she'd answered the first one tell me about yourself or whatever and she did really well and then the second one was some other question about tell us about your experience in marketing or something really general but you just she just had to give an example and she started it and lost her word so went oh yeah well um the best example I can say is and then she went oh and you can see herself put her head in her hands and, um, and give up on the answer and go to click the computer to like obviously do it again. But she accidentally pressed next or submit or whatever and it got stuck. I like would hire that. her. Sorry, I would. I'd be like, love you. That's priceless. I think we did. Or we at least interviewed her. It didn't stop her getting to the next stage at all. I laughed so much. <laughs> At least she didn't swear. (laughs) I think she emailed me and apologised. She accepted defeat. And then the horror she would have had finding out that after, like, (laughs) oh, that's iconic. The way she just, like, was so sat upright in her chair and, like, saying the answer and then she just turned into, like, she slumped and was like, oh. A shell of a human. (laughs) So relatable and I really liked her personality after that. Makes you human. Anyway, let's finish this off. Give me three good points here. What questions are common to round this out? Yes, questions that are really common to use in these types of recorded interviews. Again, I don't know the company that you're interviewing for, but this is what we often see. 
tell us about yourself. So great opportunity to use a condensed version of your full tell me about yourself. We have episodes dedicated to that. Get a condensed version because there's normally time limits. They often ask things like, why are you interested in the role? Why are you interested in our company? What do you know about us? Something like that. So do some prep on the company. Outside of that, it's just regular questions like a regular interview. There's normally only three or four, I would say, There's normally not heaps and heaps of questions. It's normally meant to be a pretty short thing for you and a pretty short thing for them to actually watch back as well. Great. That's all we have time for. Good luck out there with your recordings. Go forth and nail your pre-recorded interviews. And last tip, last tip, don't watch yourself back. Yeah, just submit. Yeah. It's like proofreading uni assignments. Never do it, just submit it. (laughs) I think it's just so unnatural to watch yourself on video. If you don't record yourself in other parts of your life on video, you're going to feel horrible about it. Once you finish your answer and you're happy with it, submit. Like, don't watch the video back if you can avoid it. Okay, that's enough. See ya. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like the sound of our voices, hit that follow button in Apple or Spotify, or better yet, give us a shout out to one of your friends or family members about the show. That's how we hit the charts and we can help even more people. For more advice, inspiration, and a supportive community, check us out on Instagram at interviewboss. We've been your job search besties and helped you in some way. There's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming. <laughs>